This is Work Perks Podcast number 002 with me, Brian McCammon. Welcome back. Uh, thank you so much for joining us again. This week, we get to have our first guest and have a pretty interesting conversation around something that most people would consider likely pretty boring, health savings accounts. I was lucky enough to be joined by a guest, Jamie Greenleaf, who is the lead advisor and principal for Kafaro Greenleaf. And Jamie and I were talking specifically about health savings accounts as it relates to the year 2020 and why it matters much more so this year than previous years. Good afternoon, Jamie. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm really excited that, uh, you know, we've got the opportunity to connect and chat. Uh, you know, lo really looking forward to learning more about our very unique and very targeted work perk today as, as, uh, as we're chatting here, uh, talking about executive HSAs. Uh, but of course, before we, you know, we get too much into the details, I want to give you an opportunity to, you know, share a little bit more about uh, your firm, uh, how you got started, uh, you know, kind of help us, you know, all understand your background uh, and really paint the picture for us and set the stage. So I want to turn it over to you, Jamie. Great. Well, thanks for having me. Um, as you said, my name is Jamie Greenleaf, and actually I grew up in the retirement industry with a firm called Cafero Greenleaf. My mother founded us back in 1981, so I literally grew up in the industry. For the past 30 years, I've been helping employers and employees um, understand the retirement space and navigate the retirement industry. And about five years ago, I had an employer ask me if I could help them with an HSA account. And of course, as any good consultants, we say yes to everything before we actually know what we're getting involved with. And I quickly got into the car and I Googled HSA. And I said, wow, these things are amazing. Why is nobody owning this conversation and really talking about them? And that led me on a four-year journey around what was the um, issue or misconception around HSAs. And it led me to find, to found a little company called Tilt. Um, because what I found is that the HSA is just the beginning of the conversation. It's really about learning how to consume healthcare. And if we can start at the employer level and help them design the appropriate plan for their employees around healthcare, we can drive healthcare costs down and control their healthcare costs. And we can provide this an amazing benefit in the form of an HSA contribution, which can build equity and medical wealth for an employee to have a health savings account for the rest of their life that covers healthcare costs today, tomorrow, and into retirement. It's really interesting that, uh, you know, as with, it seems with all great things in life, uh, you, you, dev, you, you set out on one path and all of a sudden you get a, you know, a quick redirect when someone asks you and you go, yeah, we could do that. And then you run off and say, oh, crap, how do I do this? Uh, but that's always the way that the, the great ideas and the great inspiration start. Tell us a little bit more about Tilt. So Tilt is a firm, uh, we're kind of disrupting the space. Um, we are a technology platform. We really start at the employer level by helping them redesign their health plan. So we take a look at the risk that they're assuming versus the insurance company and show them how to offset kind of the waste that they're 
perhaps spending with their insurance carrier and redirect those dollars into benefits for their employees um, and thereby reducing their costs as well. And the next piece is then educating the employees into the value of opting into a high deductible health care plan and how to utilize an HSA account. Inside of that tool, we also then have the ability to, to show transparency so that they now can start to Google things like, oh, my doctor said I need an MRI. What's an MRI cost? Um, where can I go for an MRI in network? Uh, you know, where's a good quality, low cost provider? In doing that, not only do I save money as an employee, that's inside of my HSA, but the employer saves money because we drive claims costs down, which ultimately helps them with premiums next year. That's, that's fantastic. How, uh, and forgive me if I miss this, but how long has, has Tilt been in operation? We're new to the space. Um, we've been around for it's just about six months or so. Um, so we're super excited. We've had some really meaningful impact on employers already. Uh, the first employer we worked with, their uh, benefit consultant told them they'd have a 4% increase in premiums. We actually got them a 19% decrease in premiums right out of the gate. And we saved them $50,000 by shopping, their employees shopping, within the first three months. And we got 85% of their population participating in the high deductible health care plan. So adoption rates went from 30% to 85%. We had significant impact on the employer, gave them a cost savings in their pocket, and reallocated some of those dollars into HSAs. And those employees are set now um, on a path to have an HSA account balanced at retirement to pay for health care costs. The proof is in the pudding. That is to go from a four to a, did you say it was a minus 19? Minus 19. Now they were fully insured. Um, so, you know, you're going to get differences between fully insured and self-insured, but self-insured we're showing significant savings to them as well by teaching their employees to become consumers of healthcare. That's, that's absolutely incredible. You know, not only the, the percentage, um, you know, which should get anyone's attention, but then the, the hard dollars, right? You mentioned the, the roughly $50,000, you know, for, for those that are listening, I mean, you think about what organizations can do with that. That's, you know, that's a full-time equivalent. That's, uh, you know, a new set of cool perks um, that's contracting with, uh, you know, with Tilt and, and with your firm. So uh, that's pretty significant. That's, that's, uh, that's incredible that you're able to see that, that sort of success. Uh, you know, we, we've started the dialogue around HSAs, but in its most rudimentary form, how would you explain to someone who's totally, uh, you know, unfamiliar with what a health savings account is? How, how would you explain that to someone? So a health savings account is exactly what it sounds like. A health savings account that allows you to put dollars away from the premiums that you would have paid those savings into a triple tax-free savings account very much like a 401k plan on steroids. It allows you to build wealth for healthcare expenses, whether you use those healthcare costs today or whether you experience those costs today and need to pay it out today, or you let that money roll year over year and you use it in retirement. It really is a savings account for healthcare expenses. 
Um, much like in the 401k or 403b defined contribution space, it's a retirement account. It's a savings account for retirement expenses, uh, things like living um, or going to visit grandchildren. Well, your health savings account is a more cost-efficient account to save for health care expenses. And, and so those healthcare expenses that you're referencing, at least in, in the world of retirement, uh, what we're talking things like Medicare premiums and prescriptions? Yeah, absolutely. So interestingly enough, I think most of us have a blind spot about retirement and healthcare. We assume that when we retire, there's this great thing called Medicare that's gonna take care of all of our medical expenses. And the reality is, is that Medicare covers about 52% of your healthcare expenses. However, Medicare has premiums attached to it. Those premiums are means tested, which means depending on what your modified adjusted gross income is, will determine what you're going to pay in Medicare premiums. Those can fluctuate over 200%. So an employee or a person retiring could pay 3,900, or if their modified adjusted gross income is in the top bracket, they could pay close to $40,000 a year in Medicare premiums. A nice thing about the HSA is that they're not, those distributions are not applied to your modified adjusted gross income, which means that you could actually reduce the amount of premiums that you're paying in Medicare, and HSAs can be used to pay for any qualified medical expense tax-free in or out of retirement. So they're a fabulous account. People don't know enough about them, um, but they really are a, a unique account that I'm surprised that we haven't been talking about them for years. So, you know, we, we know with 401ks and 403bs that there's, you know, um, there's contribution limits. Uh, and, and we reach a certain point where we can't, you know, keep adding to it. Um, what, what's the contribution limit or, or is there one for health savings accounts? So the first thing that you need to know is that in order to contribute to an HSA account, you have to be in a high deductible health care plan. That's a horrible name, but it just means that you're in an HSA eligible health care plan. The maximum you can put in as an individual is $3,550 this year, so $3,550. Or for a family, you can put in $7,100. If you're over the age of 55, you can do a catch-up contribution of an additional $1,000. Now, here's the really interesting thing about it. These HSA accounts do not need to be funded by you as an individual. They could be fully funded by your employer, they could be funded by your parent. They could be funded by your grandparent, your children. It doesn't matter. The maximum contribution, as long as you're in the high deductible health care plan, is that $3,550, regardless of who it comes from, or $7,100. Now, if I'm an employer and I make a contribution into the HSA and you as an employee make a contribution into the HSA, it's triple tax free including FICA, which means that I just saved 15.3% by making a contribution into the HSA, both the employer and the employee. So pretty significant. Very significant. And so even if the employer is making their contributions, uh, that's, that, that annual limit still applies. It doesn't matter, like as you were talking about with the funding, if I'm putting in all the money or if the employer puts in half, there's still that, that limit doesn't change. There is, which is unfortunate. Um, 
you know, but if you think about the 401k space, we used to have a $7,000 maximum that was allowable. And, and then it went to 30000 and then it dropped down to a reasonable number. So I, I'm hoping that the regulators will see the value of the health savings account and open it up to those individuals over the age of 65 that are in Medicare that are still in health care plans for their employers and also um, uh, increase the, the amount that can be contributed. So now that we understand and we have that, that baseline understanding of what a health savings account is, can you elaborate briefly on a flexible spending account? I know those two tend to get paired up and, and often there, there's some confusion there uh, on health plans. People think that they're often the same thing. Can you elaborate on some of the key differences between those two uh, financial arrangements or, or plans, if you will? Sure. So an FSA, a flexible spending account, is a spending account. The S in FSA is spending. It's a use it or lose it. You have to use it by the end of the year. So those are the people that come December 1st, they're running out and buying a whole bunch of uh, contact solution even though they don't wear contacts. Um, they need to use that money, otherwise that money it, it goes back to the employer, it's no longer theirs. A health savings account, the S stands for savings. It's a health savings account, which means that you don't need to use it by the end of the year. It can carry on and roll on for years to come. And it's owned by you as the employee, which means that it's a portable benefit. It moves with you wherever you go. Um, so very different, but to your point, the majority of people think they're the same. And I'll say to somebody, oh, are you in your HSA? And they'll say, those things are horrible. Every year I have to find a doctor to go see at the end of the year to use my money. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what you do in an, S in an HSA. You do that in an FSA. Speaking from a, a bit of experience, I have an HSA today. I've had an FSA in the past. I too have been someone that has gone out and bought frivolous things in order to use my money. Um, although I'm never as prepared, I never did it on December 1st. It was usually about December 29th. Uh, and okay. then it was a mad dash of what is qualified and what can I buy. And that usually resulted in family members requiring diapers or something. But I think that's outside of my seven year audit window. I'm hoping uh, so I don't get in trouble for that. We digress. Uh, why? Uh, so, so we obviously we understand the, the value and the difference between the, the flex spending account. And I love the way that you differentiate that, right? One is a spending account, one's a savings account. Um, why would someone, aside from the, the idea of just the savings piece, you know, why, why would or should someone be interested in really exploring uh, a high deductible plan paired specifically with a health savings account? Well, I think in particular this year is a, a very unique year. So one of the things that have happened with a number of our clients in the retirement space is that they have had to lay off individuals or furlough employees or stop company contributions. In doing so, what may happen at the end of the year is that individuals that are contributing into the 401k plan will be restricted to the amount that they can contribute. So instead of getting their full 19.5, they may be limited to 10,000 because there's a testing issue. This year, the IRS came out and said mid-year, employees, as long as the employer allows them, can change their health care plan mid-year. 
I think the assumption was that people that were in the high deductible health care plan were starting to panic that, you know, perhaps their medical bills would be more expensive and they wanted to go into an HMO or PPO. Well, actually, this is an opportunity for those individuals that may not be able to get the full 19.5 into the 401k plan to switch from their PPO or HMO into the high deductible health care plan and fully fund their HSA account. So let's say I'm an individual that can't get the 19.5 into my 401k. I can get 10,000 into my 401k because otherwise I'm, uh, I fail the testing and I get money back. I can go if my employer allows me to. I can move from my PPO into the high deductible health care plan. I can fully fund my HSA for 2020 so I can get a $7,100 contribution in. I can also get a catch-up contribution if I'm over the age of 50, so another $1,000. If I'm over the age of 50 in my 401k, I can get an additional um, catch-up contribution. And then if I have a spouse, I can also put an additional $1,000 into the HSA. So this year in particular, while I think that high deductible health care plans coupled with an HSA are an amazing opportunity because 80% of us overinsure ourselves, which means that 90% of us would be better off in a high deductible or same as in a high deductible health care plan. Um, so that leaves only 10% of us that PPO or HMO would be better off. This year, I can switch and fully fund my HSA, which is pretty extraordinary. Now you you mentioned switching, and it was something that uh, I believe came up in a conversation that you and I had 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 prior. Um, but that's specific, something unique to this year, to 2020, has been some legislation that has come out of the CARES Act, if I'm not mistaken. And so people have the opportunity uh, to switch plans mid-year, whereas in, in years past, it was based on a qualifying event, uh, new job, marriage, uh, childbirth, et cetera. Can you elaborate a little bit more on, on what someone would do if, if they were trying to utilize some of that? So you're absolutely right. The first thing that they need to do is to go to their employer and ask if their employer is permitting this. Because even though this is allowable, it doesn't necessarily mean that your employer is going to allow it. So if your employer says, yes, we are happy to have you switch your health care plan, um, then you can do that mid-year where prior you couldn't unless you had a qualifying event. Um, and so at that time, you would say, okay, I'm going to move into the high deductible, and you would open your HSA account, and then you could fully fund it depending on what your employer has provided you with. Um, you may have an HSA that through your employer, or you may have to open an HSA outside of your employer, and then when you file your taxes, you would say that you made that contribution and, and you would get tax dollars back. But this year is a very unique year. This year is extremely unique on many, many fronts. Uh, how how readily available would someone within the leadership team of a company or an organization know if their plan is set up to allow someone to make that adjustment? Um, it, it's really asking uh, HR if they have um, uh, decided that they are allowing people to do this. 
and then their benefit broker would traditionally get involved in the conversation at that time. I think the unfortunate thing is that people hear high deductible health care plan and they hear HSA and they don't understand the values of them. And so ultimately they don't even understand that they should be asking these questions because when we hear high deductible health care plan, let's face it, everybody's like, I don't want that. That sounds horrible. Um, when you start to actually talk about the value of an HSA, first of all, most people think of it as an FSA, so you get past that. And then you tell people, you know, you can put triple tax-free savings in an HSA. You can leave these accounts grow and they can get invested. And you can pay all of your health care expenses out of your paycheck. And 10 years from now, you want to go buy a boat you shoeboxed all those receipts, you can pay yourself back tax-free. So you go buy your boat with your tax-free dollars that came out of your HSA account. When your, in particular, your highly compensated individuals hear about some of these things you can do with HSA accounts, I think they start to view it differently. Um, and if the high deductible healthcare plan is set up properly by the employer, where the plan design has financially aligned the players, which are the employer and the employee, you can actually be better off in the high deductible health care plan, both as an employer and an employee. But people have kind of been comfortable with mediocrity, and they haven't pushed the envelope and said, I need proactive ideas to drive costs down and enhance benefits. And high deductible health care plans, when constructed properly, can absolutely do that. It's such a key component of financial fitness. And some people would call it wellness. Uh, I prefer to think of it as fitness. Uh, so it's, it's such a key component. We spend so much time uh, you know, speaking about and, and speaking to the value of that 401k, the tax, uh, you know, the pre-tax savings. This is just another piece of that equation to ensure that we're setting ourselves up for the, the right financial future. So it's really, like you said, it's really important that we, we have this understanding. And with this year being as unique as it is, knowing that there's a window uh, between now and the end of the year that potentially we could have some very serious catch-up contributions uh, can really start to move the needle. So just to, to recap, uh, for someone who is, who is able to make the switch, between now and the end of the year, if their plan, if their employer's plan is set up to it, and they meet that uh, that criteria of having a spouse on the plan over the age of 55, uh, just so that uh, I'm making sure I'm correct, the amount that someone could save in a health savings account today, or this year, I should say, was how much again? So if they're a family, which would be a spouse and or a child, um, they can put $7,100 in, if they're over the age of 55, they get an additional 1000 so that's 8100 And if they have a spouse, they can do an additional $1,000 for a spouse HSA. So now you're at $9,100 for 2020. That's pretty incredible. Um, do you foresee that ability, so the, the CARES Act gave us this ability uniquely to be able to change plans without a qualifying event for 2020 because of what's gone on with, with COVID-19. Do you envision that level of flexibility remaining in 20, uh, 2021 and beyond? 
That's a good question, and I'm not sure that I know the answer. I do think that regulators are starting to understand the value of the health savings account um, and uh, are looking at things like, okay, even if you're over the age of 65 and still employed, but there's a value in savings in a health savings account and opening that up. Um, I'm not sure that the lobbyists on the healthcare side, um, well, the insurers would uh, allow the IRS to continue to allow employees to to switch mid-year because remember, insurance companies look at the group and they have an actuarial calculation based upon the risk that the insurance company is going to take on for that year, knowing certain things. When there's an unknown, like how many employees are going to switch mid-year to a new plan, those variables become uh, costly. And so either the cost is going to get passed on to the employer and the employee, or it's going to get cost on, passed on to the insurance company. And let's face it, the insurance company doesn't want to take on more liability than they need to. So I'd be surprised if this is something we continue to see in 2021. I just don't think it's a viable. And I also think that this year, the insurance carriers were assuming that people were going to move from a high deductible into an HMO and PPO, and those are more profitable for the insurance companies. So I think that's why they were you know, more um, receptive to the change this year with the IRS. Makes complete sense. Um, you know, one last, uh, you know, kind of question uh, or point of clarity before we, uh, you know, we wrap up our conversation. But let's say I'm someone who, uh, you know, took advantage and saved some money this year, whether it was in the catch up period between now and the end of the year, or I've been in the plan since January 1st. Uh, but let's say I decide to exit that high deductible plan next year, go into, uh, you know, a different plan. I'm no longer in that high deductible uh, category, so I can't contribute on a pre-tax basis to my health savings account. Knowing that that money comes with me, what's the best thing to do with that? What does that money just sit? Does it accrue interest? Are there other options? Like what? What should someone be on the lookout for to maximize that money uh, over the long term? So this is a health savings account for healthcare expenses. Traditionally, we don't know when we're going to have a major health event that we're going to be required to take these dollars out. So many people have a tendency to leave these savings in cash. And I would tell you that that's probably not optimizing the opportunity to grow these accounts. Each HSA provider has a threshold from when you're allowed to invest your dollars. Um, and it could be $500, it could be $1,000, it could be $2,000. But anything over and above your deductible or your out-of-pocket exposure, um, if you can't write out a check for that, should be left in cash. And the rest of it you want to put into an investment. The investment that I would recommend would be more conservative-driven because, again, it's healthcare expenses, never sure when that's when that date is going to come where we're going to need those dollars. So you wouldn't want to have a large uh, percentage of it exposed to the market unless you had funds outside of this to be able to cover healthcare expenses. But um, optimizing it is investing it, 
leaving it alone, trying to use other dollars before you use those dollars. Because where else, there's no other account that's triple tax free. So why when you optimize that by investing it and use your taxable dollars to pay for your healthcare expenses, knowing you can always pay yourself back? You're, you're totally correct. And, and I, I appreciate the commentary and expanding on uh, some of the best methods to help that money grow, um, you know, best uh, kind of ideas around how to keep it easily accessible in the event. Because like you said, it's medical expenses and those things can pop up. Uh, I know I've had my fair share over the years where you're going, I, I didn't plan for that. Uh, so hopefully, knock on wood, uh, those listening in and, and taking a, a watch today uh, don't have any unforeseen medical expenses in the not so distant future. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what, Jamie, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I appreciate you shedding light on specifically the health savings account, some of the differences, and why 2020 uh, is a great year to kickstart that and some of that opportunity uh, between now and the end of the year to take advantage of those tax savings. So I, I really appreciate you taking time to share those details with us. Yeah, well, thanks for the opportunity. I really want to change the conversation around healthcare consumption and use of HSAs. So hopefully your listeners learned something new. And if they want to look me up, I'm on LinkedIn, Jamie Greenleaf, or tiltthebalance.com, and uh, look forward to speaking to them. Well, there you have it. Our first guest of the Work Perks podcast, Jamie D. Greenleaf lead advisor and principal of Kafaro Greenleaf. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I hope you learned a little bit about why a health savings account in 2020 could be rather advantageous and really the role that a health savings account can play in the broader scope of a work perk. Join us for future episodes where we will continue to examine the different roles and the value that a high deductible health plan and health savings account brings. In the interim, if you'd like to get in touch with Jamie, she can be reached at 800-401-4830 or jgreenleaf at kafarogreenleaf.com. As always, thanks for sharing your time with me. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, and I look forward to seeing you again next week.